Hey everyone, it's episode 201 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and we're all back together. It's episode 5 in our social distancing series. Ever since, actually 6 if you count church retreat, we have not all been together in a room since church retreat. Let that sink in for just a little bit. It's been a while. So joining me today from my kitchen table while my kids and my wife are outside having a water fight. So if you hear somebody go, woohoo, on the way past, it's just them outside. I sent them out. But my home studio, as is seemingly the case with a lot of people, home renovations right now, Lowe's is a busy place, and there are people driving with lumber out of every window of their car all through town. (laughs) And so my home studio is in a final stage of re-renovating again for a second time, something that didn't get done the first time. And so hopefully next week I'll be back in and ready to go. So it's good to have everyone back. But last week we finished up our About Sabbath series, and we finished it up a week early, actually, to bring you this message this past week of Finding Hope. And if you've missed one of these virtual messages now that we haven't been doing church in person now for over, what, about a month, or any of the other 206 episodes of this podcast, I would encourage you to look for those messages, scroll through our feed, and take a listen or a watch and listen. Take us with you on a walk or listen with your family. Discuss the takeaways contained in each episode and however it feels right to you. You can find us on your mobile devices on Apple and Google Podcasts, streaming on Spotify, iHeartRadio, all different places, nearly anywhere you can listen to podcasts. All right, as mentioned, this week was Finding Hope. This was April the 4th. And Andy, I like your definition of hope in this message, and I want to start with that because I really feel like if not if like you not only defined it, but it laid out a path for us to find hope amid the negative bombardment that so many have been subjecting themselves to, and too much of it, and then just allowing it to crush their spirit. You said hope is more than optimism or positive thinking. Hope is a change in direction from assumption that nothing will change. The badness of the world is what it is, and there will be no change. To have hope is to move on from that cynicism or being hopeless to a confident belief that things can improve. And I liked it because I think there was a couple of key words or phrases, if you will, that I think made this statement hit home. Assumption. We all know what happens when you assume. It is what it is, or there will be no change. This is all defeatist and hopeless language at its finest, and it's really prevalent, at least in tone and innuendo, in nearly all coverage of this current COVID-19 news cycle. It's impossible to get away from. It isn't safe to ignore facts and even the best educated guesses at the unknowns. We need to take things seriously, but how do we balance ourselves to be informed and be hopeful. That seems like a tough, a tough thing to handle right now. How do you do keep a balance between being hopeful and informed? <laughs> well, well, I, I start by being less informed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Probably good advice. So, I didn't thought of that. Ignorance really can be blissful. <laughs> well, I mean, how many, how many times? I mean, my, my wife and I were watching the evening news. I forget last night or night before last, and. And she, she said, I, I'm, I got to change the channel. And this, this network says the same thing every night, same stories even. Yeah. And uh, change the different was a little bit different. But, you know, there is a saturation that's not necessary and it does not inspire hope. And so but to give yourself some bite size taste of the news and then just set it aside. I mean, it's probably not going to be that radically different from morning to night, from noon to six, to you know, from six to eleven. Uh, you don't have to watch all the newscasts, and that's not being um, neglectful of your uh, being aware of the world. I think it's just saying I, I I can only 
takes so much awareness and I want to be cognizant. I want to be aware. And at the same time, I don't want to be saturated by the news. I just went off on a tangent. Sorry. No, no, I think that, no, I think, <laughs> well, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. I want to throw another, another vein in here. I, I do think that having your, uh, your news and a lot of people do do that, you know, on a, on a fairly regular basis, having the news at your fingertips is so different than what it used to be years ago. My grandfather used to rely on the farmer's almanac for farming and, uh, you know, a, a weather report that, that he, you know, you weren't always sure was going to happen to nowadays when we, we look at, you know, we look at news literally by the second. Yeah. I think that can become not, not as Andy said, can become a little bit, leave you anxious but it also can become uh <laughs> a, yeah it, it almost you can't leave it alone and it's unfortunate that that it is that way yeah um but the issue on the other side of it is that today we did get word that the uh the, the curve is is uh, flattening out in new york which is kind of like the a good news kind of a, you know if you wanted to find some hope there is a little bit of <laughs> a little barometer a little of success. Of good news, good news going on in this curve. Sure, we'll take anything. Well, yeah. the one thing that I found, and I know how many people are on Twitter, but I myself, have, I'm on pretty every day. I mean, I'm pretty much seven days a week. I will check Twitter, and I found that 140 characters or less is usually all I need for the news. I don't really need to click the link where you can find out more. Usually there's enough in the headline. If you find if you follow the right people to stay away from sensationalism and clickbait, you can usually get the news in the 140 characters and then just move on and not dig quite as deep as maybe you should. And if you're really practicing social distancing and your your stay at home orders, then technically you're only going out once a week, maybe twice to get groceries and such. So really, if you're home and you don't have it now, you should be OK. Just a little bit of news should suffice. Right. That's yeah, that's what I was going to say. I forgot to I forgot to mention. Yeah, you know, go ahead. The service last week was was in, insightful, not only from Andy but also some from a lot of the different pieces that were in service. Yeah, and one of them was my grandchildren with us watching the children's spot where it talks about Jesus saying, "Hey, um, don't don't sweat about tomorrow. The birds don't worry about their meals. They they have it taken care of." And if, you know, if God is going to watch over the birds, he certainly can watch over you. And it was just interesting to see their reaction to that, because for them, this whole situation has nothing to do with anxiety for them. Matter of fact, all they think about is at this point is being together with family at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And as I see this, it is, you know, Andy mentioned that it's addictive. We have this we have this problem of feeling like we're going to miss out on something. And so we stay tuned to almost every second when in actuality, I think God is asking us to stay uh, in, in a sense of hope and trust in him, especially during these times, because it can get completely addictive yeah. to uh, to try and try not to miss out on the latest news or the latest, you know, even in our shopping, we tend to hoard and, and grab things because we're afraid of this uh, idea that I'm not going to have enough. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I've read a few articles over the last couple of days and the people that really thought they were going to handle this well, 
I mean, these were going to be the standard bearers for how you do isolation and, you know, staying at home were these introverts and people that deal with social anxiety. They just assumed that this whole state of lockdown was going to be like the introvert utopia. And in fact, it's, it's proving to be just the opposite for them because everyone is starting to realize that we, any, I mean, anyone, doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, we need to fulfill that desire to have human contact, direct interaction. And, you know, these requirements individually are going to vary, of course, you know, probably from the introvert all the way to the extrovert. But the realization that we actually need each other more than many had thought is causing even more panic in some. And, you know, Jeff, I was thinking as a counselor, you know, what do you tell people that are just starting to realize now that, you know what, maybe I'm maybe I'm just lonely or maybe I just haven't given, you know, maybe I haven't given people enough of a chance or maybe I'm not hanging out with the right people. And now I find myself like depressed and really a lot of anxiety over this because I'm really now unable to hang out with people when before I, it seemed like that was like, that was my utopia. Now I've realized that isn't it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. you you mentioned a very, a very uh, good point from the standpoint of a lot of times we have this. And, and again, I'm going to go back to a bell curve that there's a sense of solace in knowing that you're, in that group of, you know, everybody wants to be on the edges. You know, we want to be better than everyone or we want to be greater than everyone. And, or in and, the know. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. And, and here it's really kind of nice to think that you're just part of humanity. You are taking the time right now to try to be something that you're not trying to do something that you normally, you know, try to, you know, you try to achieve these things and, there's no achievement going on right now from the standpoint of you're just right now enjoying the fact that you are part of a suffering group of people who all find themselves in the <laughs> same predicament. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, worldwide. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Too, too, too oftentimes Christians want – we even have, you know, WWJD, what would you just do kind of thing, which, which, is, which is all fine. But sometimes, you know, as, as humans – think that we have to be just like Jesus. Well, he was 100% God and 100% man, and he expects us to be 100% man or human, that, to be fully human in our world. And this pandemic is really a great reminder of the commonality of our humanity across the whole world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and Andy, early on, you had a quote in your message that resonated with my personal feelings about hope in any situation. You said, right now, hear it clearly, our God is sufficient, sufficient for each of us personally, sufficient for the church, the body of Christ, sufficient for his world, what he loves beyond your understanding. He always is enough and has enough. And someone would say, well, sure, Andy's a pastor. What else is he supposed to say? <laughs> is this Andy the <laughs> pastor of many decades or is this Andy McDonald, regular Joe guy like anybody else? Uh, it's just Andy, regular Joe guy, like anybody else. Um, yeah, I mean, cer cer certainly in my role, you would expect me to say that. Sure, but it, it, but it's the it's the practice of our life as well, you know, to recognize that we any um, any imagination of sufficiency on our own part is imagine is imaginary. That our sufficiency is in Christ, and He's enough. What God has done is enough. 
Yeah. Well, and I liked how you presented the Israelites and the Exodus and the story of the storm on Galilee when you know Jesus and his disciples are hanging out and the storm comes and, and using them as examples of turning to Jesus and God himself in times of extreme uncertainty as our lifeline. But given that, you know, I'm not Moses, you're not Moses, listening to God's voice in real time or the disciples watching in the boat as the water comes over the sides and thinking they're going to drown as Jesus tells nature to just calm down. How do we have that faith to trust when ours is, as you said, walking in faith is to believe in the very substance and reality of things hoped for but not seen? There's evidence, but it feels more like a hint than a proof. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So level with this here, Andy. Is hoped for but not seen all we have? Is this as good as it gets? Well, yes and I'll do yes and how's that I like it there is there's truth to that but but there's something else upon which our hope is based if we look back at history our own the biblical history other people's history and we see God's hand and his deliverance and his his coming through or has given comfort in times of of despair but we see his hand at an effect in the past, that can also be a great grounder for our hope looking to the future. If I look in the rearview mirror and can see, oh, God was there. Oh, yeah, I see where God came. I see, oh, I see how God helped there. It's easier than to look, into, look in the, out the front windshield and say, oh, I can't see where this road goes, but I can have confidence and hope to know that the guy that was behind me is also the guy that's before me. So what do we tell someone that is young in faith and – you know, maybe new to, newer to this journey or just someone that's really, really struggling. I mean, you see a lot of things on social media and I've reached out to certain people that I've been a little concerned about just from checking in on state of mind and such. And, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's just a vent and sometimes it's real life altering sadness and just like yeah. hopelessness. And if you haven't had those experiences to, like you just said, look back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see where God took care of me here, or took care of me there. What do we tell somebody that's maybe new to this or has done it before and felt like they've been let down by God or let down by the church? And I, I know those are two separate things, but in, in that state, sometimes you see them as one. What can we mm-hmm. say to someone like that that's feeling the weight of this and a word of hope for them that someone may be sharing this with someone who just needs to hear that? Well, I'll just say hang on, and then we'll go turn to the counselor, to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> There's your hang cue, on. Jeff. <laughs> First of all, I think we have to look at the reality of the situation. This is right. not neurotic. This is not some. This is not something that is forever. You know, yeah, it's it's not based on a, a situation that is your, your chronic issue. This is actually real. And it's going to have, as we know, as we've seen in the past, and that's why I think it's really important that you go back to these, even though they sound like, you know, like bedtime stories or whatever, it's important to see those stories in our life right now because you can see how God has led in the past and how God has taken care of things in the past. So we have to rely on that. So it is real, but it also has a, you know, a a frame to it where it has a beginning and end. So we have to realize God. Sure takes care of that that piece maybe maybe give god a second chance and taste and see that he's yeah. going to see what he might do for you right here and, and secondly i think we'll go back to the, i'm going to go back to the to the bell curve we are all in this together right 
And I think there's a sense to, of, of security in that and knowing that as we're hanging on, we're not hanging on alone. Right. Yeah. And I think that combined with if you are immersing yourself in it constantly, yeah. um, that, that you're, it's, it's going to be harder to do that. And if you can, if you can find diversions, if you can engage in some, some hobby, if you can, you know, talk about different things with, with friends on the phone or on FaceTime or whatever, I think not allowing yourself, not allowing this to become your complete orbit. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's a big piece. But it's it's a temporary orbit. It's not it's not it's not a permanent orbit. It's it's horrible. It's bad. It's a terrible thing that's happened. It's it's, it's taken lives. It's it's devastating to people. But at the same time, this is not a six year war. This is probably a few months. Um, you know, kind of thing we're going to go through. And so to to put it in perspective with bigger challenges, and again to to look for opportunities to place your mind, to choose to put your mind in other places as part of the uh, maintaining some hopeful strategies as well, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Andy had a, a a guy that gave us five points this last week for anybody that wants to. <laughs> I think he's a Russian who spent time in concentration camp. Is that correct? I'm, he, no, he was, he was actually a prisoner um, and was actually much of his time was in solitary confinement. And so oh, yeah. solitary. he has a, he has a right. particular Nathan Sharansky. He has a particular um, experience with spending a lot of time alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was that was so powerful. Give, yeah, it was five good hands. Yeah, it was really it was it was good. Now I think too, and that as as you think about this not being your orbit, I think it is important that you take this time for what it is. I mean, God mm-hmm. gives us this time, so why not use it rather than worry? Why not use it for something that might be some you know a diversion? Maybe it's called a diversion. Maybe it's called a hobby. Maybe it's just called. Uh, you know, rest. So, and, and one of his good points I thought was to uh, not expect it to get over. You don't control it, right. and and at the same time, find things that you can control. You can put that puzzle together. You can read that book. You can learn a language, or whatever the case might be. Make think about things that you can control and engage in those. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that even I've seen a lot of people dusting off old side hustles and hobbies and, you know, all of a sudden everybody is on Facebook and YouTube and Zoom and social media and LinkedIn all over the place doing live broadcasts, helping people learn to do something, some gift that they have. This week, Heather uh, recorded herself talking to one of the uh, chaplain groups up at Fish Memorial Advent Health that uh, we have done prayer rooms and prayer experiences. And she just we just videotaped a very simple prayer that she was thinking about them. She named everyone by name. And people have just resonated, and they thought that I mean, to us, maybe as Christians, sometimes prayer seems to be very a very small piece of what we do, and yet so powerful, and and so many people resonated with it. And it just had me thinking that if you have a gift, or even if you have someone that you know that is struggling, and you might be struggling yourself, it might lift you both up if you just reached out and gave them a call, or sent them a quick text, or you know, kind of reengaged with them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how confident are you 
that God can keep you through the days ahead. And I know we've just talked about this at length, but I chose this one for a couple of reasons. First is that if you're not confident that God can keep you through not only this virus, which like we've said is temporary, and for most, this will be the cost of social distancing and inconvenience. Now, obviously, there are people that, you know, like me, who's an independent contractor, you're not sure if you're going to get paid. I mean, and there's people that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's people that are struggling financially. And, and I know people that are in the ICU on a ventilator right now. So certainly not minimizing. But just remember, for the most, it's simply going to be that for you. It's going to be an inconvenience. Second, if you're unable to come to this conclusion now, it's going to be impossible to find peace, which was the purpose of this week's message and will be necessary to survive as we continue to close out this Earth's history and the time that we live in. We we all have to find peace if we're going to keep ourselves from just going stir-crazy. Third, if you're still searching for this confidence and peace, is there a way that we can help you here? Uh, Myself, I mean, what do you feel is currently missing that creates the caution to trust or the apprehension to commit to putting that faith in God? Or is it something completely different? I admit that I have zero, I've had 0% worry about this, even with friends that have been hospitalized and certainly not minimizing the situation and the people that have died. I'm not saying that in any way. But as I look back, as Andy talked about earlier today, God has taken care of me and my family in miraculous ways during my entire lifetime. For many reasons and and many instances, I should not be talking to you today. That's just a fact. I don't believe in coincidences or happenstances, but I do believe that God loves me and takes care of me according to His will. And if tomorrow doesn't come, for whatever reason, if that's the virus, or I just don't wake up, whatever circumstances, I will rest easy today knowing that eternity waits. So please reach out if you have questions, you just need someone to bounce things off of. Uh, You know, finding peace in our lives may be the most important spiritual discipline and joy creator we can ever gift ourselves. And it can only come in its purest form from Jesus. So, you know, if you just need someone to hang out online with for a second or a couple of minutes, or you just want a phone call, send me a voicemail or text 407-965-1607. I'm happy to return some phone calls, some text messages. Send me an email, podcast at wholelife.church. We can discuss them next week. If you want to do it in private, I'm happy to keep that confident and would love to at least give you an encouraging word. And if there's something else I can do, I'd be happy to help any way I can. Our final thoughts this week are from Andy's message. He said, It may not turn out as we imagined. Our temporal reality may be bad. But our God's eternal plan for the joyous reunification of all his family together will happen. He has promised that he will return. He will take us to be with himself, and he will make all things new. In him we have hope. That was, ah, that might be the best thing you've ever said, Andy. And, and, you know, take take away COVID-19, all this stuff. But if you really think about just life in general, today, tomorrow, whatever, it may not turn out as we imagine, but in him we have hope. That that uh, that uh, that warmed my heart when I read that. Good. All right. So what's upcoming this week? Are we doing something different uh, series-wise? What are we doing? This is Easter weekend, so we'll be talking about Easter in light of the COVID virus, of course. Uh, <laughs> Is it Easter weekend uh, already? Greg and I are actually uh, going to share the sermon together. And we have social distancing and socially distant. Oh. And we'll be, we'll be exploring this. We'll be breaking together that down. In light of the resurrection. So. Well, we're, also, we're also highlighting a, um, I think they're doing a, a social distancing choir. A choir. Yeah, it, what? 
put together. Yeah, it's nice. being put together. Richard's, Richard's working with Phil and with uh, Bell and a few a number of other people to try to put together a uh, somewhat of a. It's going to be quite the. I'm, I'm kind of looking. Collage. Really, yeah. A collage choir of like thirty people singing. So well, I yeah, know I'm in. A, I know I'm in on that action this week, so I'll probably get a preview. So you won't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. As always, do join us again next Wednesday. It'll be episode two hundred two. We're coming up on that four year mark, and just as a reminder, there's going to be something new. And I think I might even do the big reveal next week because I'm just about ready in uh, all the background things that need to happen. I'm just about ready to make it live. So it may be next week might be the big reveal of a new something, something that's coming soon to a podcast near you. (laughs) All right. Remember, wash your hands, engage in social distancing and enjoy your Sabbath rest this week and live each day under the realization that in him we have hope. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.